You are listening to That'll Preach, a weekly segment on the Forex Midtown podcast where we push the envelope on culture and theology. My name is Brian, and I lead the college ministry and the adult education at Four Oaks Midtown. I'm joined by Paul. He is a PhD student studying philosophy at at uh, the Florida State University. Paul, how are you doing? I was going to make the joke that we keep saying the Florida State University, but I think we did that in a past podcast. Yeah, you can't make that same joke. I you know. know. I'm just tired. This is take number 471. I know, we've been doing this over and over again. <laughs> but we've got a really great series that we're in the middle of. We're calling it ODG, Old Dead Guys. Mm. I know that makes no sense because all dead guys are old or whatever. Don't even, you know, don't email to, me, Yeah, whatever. But ODG, and the whole idea behind this series is church history is important. There are so many brilliant minds in church history that have shaped all the things that the church believes today. And we need to know about them. But it's kind of boring Nobody wants to hear about it. Like I do. A, like a history lecture. I'm not, you know, but Paul, you're strange. Normal people. You're a nerd. We're all nerds. Listen to these nerds. <laughs> that was weird. But we want to make this accessible. So what we wanted to do is we figured we could, we could tackle specific topics that are relevant to our lives and then recruit these old dead guys as our guides, as people that can help us better understand these concepts. We should have so, like a church history draft. We should. <laughs> With the first pick, the first round, it's like, you didn't pick Jesus? Oh. Anyway, so what am I talking about? I don't know. Let's Listen, <laughs> what we're trying to do is we're going to look at the topic of love today. Love, desire, all those things that that uh, well up inside of us that motivate so much of what we do. And we're going we're gonna to incorporate Augustine, probably outside of like the apostles, the most influential Christian mind Oh, yeah. Ever. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. And he has a lot of great thoughts on love that uh, we're going to look at. But when, when we talk about love, we're going to kind of angle it in a certain way. Um, one thing that we want to talk about is what we love is tied to a sense of security or love ties us to a sense of security. So one of the things that we've been experiencing with the whole COVID madness is that we're forced to face some questions that maybe we, in normal life, uh, wouldn't have to face as much. Or we have, we have more distractions. But now that we're cooped up at home and the world's uncertain, it's revealing a lot of existential questions for us. A lot of mental health things are spiking. A lot of people are feeling lonely. A lot of people are feeling hopeless. All this kind of stuff because of what's going on. And this idea of restlessness, though, doesn't just happen when there's a pandemic. I mean, we all sort of have this low-grade restlessness, especially... You know, in our you know day and age, it seems like everyone's talking about it. That we sort of have this nervous energy. We're going from one thing to another. We don't feel like we're at home. We don't feel like we're finally. We we sort of imagine this place that if we get here, we get this relationship, we get to this place in life, we get this sense of security, that we can just coast. That we'll be okay psychologically, emotionally, all that stuff. But it never seems to get there, mm. right? Yeah. And Augustine picked up on this before social media. Before America, yeah. before, you know, all this 1500 years ago, 1500 years ago. So according to Augustine, why are we so restless? I mean, his, his insights into human psychology are just like so brilliant. And like, the first thing he notices about the human, the human will, the human heart, it's massive. Like he thinks of the human heart as like, it's just, it's huge. It like needs to be filled by something big. And so the problem is like, 
with the human capacity or need for love, there's a big chasm there. And without God, the human heart like gets fragmented. It like tries to fill itself by extending itself among lots of different things. So relationships, money, vacations, ego, status, prestige, new gadgets, like your your mind sort of occupies all those different things at once to try to fill the massive chasm in your heart. That's the way God designed humans to be, just like this massive hole that's meant ultimately to be filled by him when we're perfectly in union with God. But when we don't have that, we become totally fragmented. Augustine talks about how our mind lives in the things we love. So when we like love and pursue like to ridiculous extents, careers and relationships and pleasures and just like all these like worldly things, we almost become like a fragmented self. We become like so disparate and disunified and psychologically spread thin that it leads to a feeling of restlessness. And you see this, or Augustine talks about this uh, theme in the Old Testament and uh, in scripture as well, where uh, disparateness or like fragmentation is a sign of being outside of God's will. So with the Tower of Babel, humans tried to get to God on their own merit. They couldn't do that. So they became scattered. When Israel tried to uh, serve false gods or break God's law or do something like that, God sent them into exile. And so they were fragmented and scattered. So moving away from God leads to a kind of fragmentation. And we see that in the Old Testament, like with people groups, actual groups of people, but this is also like the human person is kind of like a microcosm, a one version where we can see this fragmentation. Um, but ultimately the hope that Augustine points us towards is that like in God, there is a unification. Like we don't need to be stretched thin. We don't need to be fragmented. We can have like a holistic sense of mind and self be content in one place. And that's the kind of rest that he thinks uh, we can get in God. So it sounds like you're saying that like in, in the Tower of Babel, uh, people are scattered when they turn away from God. Right. And, and, and Israel, when they sin against God, they're scattered into the nations. Mm-hmm. And that's like a big picture view. Right. Or like a symbolic thing of what mm-hmm. happens to us. Right. Exactly. When we turn away from God, we scatter. Yeah. We, we have all these other things that our attention is caught up with. And it's not enough. Mm. Like we think if we just, I think about busyness. If you yeah. think you just fill your schedule, you know, right, and you just exactly. stack it up, you'll eventually hit this, you know, rest. Right. It's kind of like uh, Mary and Martha, you know, yeah, Martha's that's, like yeah, that's doing example. the dishes and doing mm. all that stuff. And Jesus is like, look, Mary's got it. She's sitting at my feet. She's with me. Right. And, and it's not that it's bad, Martha, that you're doing all these things. It's just that that's not, what you're doing it for is wrong. Right. <laughs> right? See, she's like seeking her sense of purpose and contentment in that work rather than at the feet of Jesus. Exactly. And that's the irony. She's, it's almost like she's quote unquote serving Jesus and in doing that missing. The whole point. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So it is like, yeah. Craving constant stimulation, just like having your attention scattered. Um, It is just like the word for it is just restlessness. Like we, we're just so spread thin. We're fragmented. Our desires fragmented. Our mind is fragmented because it's like inhabiting so many things that we just become like a broken, distorted version of ourselves. Um, And there is one solution to that, which Augustine talks about. But yeah, I think this is just like a really striking diagnosis of like the human psychology. What's the solution, Paul? Tell us. Solution is uh, 
for nineteen ninety nine. Buy more stuff. <laughs> what Augustine wants you to do is buy. Have you ever seen? There's a there's a Twitter mm-hmm. handle called uh, Saint Og Osteen, no. and it's it's combining <laughs> it's combining uh, Joel Osteen uh, quotes. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, with with Augustine, and uh, I feel like these are going to be bad. But do it. Yeah, but go go tell tell. While I'm looking for that, go tell us the solution. <clears throat> the solution is. You ready for this? Yes. <clears throat> God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's like the Sunday Amazing. school Amazing. <laughs> it's, but in all seriousness, that the promise that Jesus gives in the Gospels, come to me, all you who weary and are heavily laden, I will give you rest. That's something that it's not like Jesus actually means that. Like his, his burden is actually light. His call is rest to us because it removes our need to constantly be stimulated. It removes our having our attention split a million different ways. And now the the object of our love, the object of our affection is Christ. And so just by having that like unification of our mind, our desires, not having to like seek it from 12,000 disparate or disconnected sources, there is a kind of just like peace and restfulness that comes in that process. Well, talk about how you know, so the, so we're being fragmented by turning away from God. But yeah. when we turn <clears> towards <throat> God, everything kind of comes to unity, comes together in unity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something that Augustine talks about a lot is is our loves are disordered. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 So how does that fit into the picture? Well, so ultimately, this shows us that like there's a deep connection between sin and love. Right. That. You can explain and understand any sin in terms of you've just loved something in in the wrong way. So example, um, you love pleasure and emotional intimacy more than you do your spouse, and then that leads you to an affair. So you commit adultery. There, that adultery is essentially a disordering of love, or at least it's been caused by a disordering of love. You prioritize your desire for pleasure, your love for whatever, insert that there, whatever it is, you've prioritized that over your spouse. Person who uh, loves their reputation more than they love the truth will exaggerate stories about themselves and just be vainglorious. That's a shameless plug for our most recent uh, series on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. For $19.99. (laughs) Um, Agreed is me loving my money and my security more than other people, people that I could help and people by whom, by which I give money, I could like alleviate their situation. By prioritizing my own comfort, I've disordered and misprioritized the ladder of loves. So essentially, if everything is perfectly ordered, we're not sinning. But of course, the only person who's done that is Jesus. But that's what we're called to do. We're called to have all of our loves in order. And that's difficult because, you know, we, we one we can be so self-deceptive. I mean, like you talk about mm-hmm. the adultery case. Yeah. Well, you know, somebody who, uh, you know, use the example of, of if you're just doing things for your spouse so that they'll give you something back. Mm-hmm. Well, they won't always do that, and so if that's your motivation. That's very flimsy. Sure. And so, but but you the whole idea is that you want to be able to love them regardless of what they give back to you. Right. And that's that's what you want to cultivate for. That's the higher thing. You don't want to use them as a what was the thing you uh, people and things. Talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. Uh, love people 
use things, never right. confuse the two. Right. And so you're kind of using your spouse as mm. an instrument to make you feel good or something like that. We should get that on a bumper sticker. I know. But what's interesting is in like Ephesians 5, I think it's Ephesians 5, or whenever they talk about marriage. Somewhere in the Bible. Somewhere in the Bible. Uh, Paul says, the husband who loves his wife loves himself. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is he can't go into it going, I'm going to love you so that you love me. It's, you have to love her like For her Christ loves the church. Right. Which right. is, right? Mm -hmm. And then the, by, the byproduct is that you'll find love in return, but you yeah. can't. Do it for that. Right, it's like right, this. Right. It's you can't game the system like that, right? Yeah. But uh, that purity of love is such a hard thing to attain. But like you were saying, sin and love are are so connected in that mm -hmm. in that way. And it's it's not that these things are bad. That marriage is bad. Romance is bad. That career is bad. That money is bad. Right. It's that you are putting them in the place of God in a sense. Or right? you're, you're, you're taking a good thing and you're loving it in the wrong way. Right, yeah, exactly. right, right, right. So you can, two ways that you can sin, you can either love the wrong things or you can love the right things in the wrong way. Right. So like loving your reputation is not a bad thing. Like right. reputation, status, money, those aren't bad in and of themselves. But when I love them wrongly, meaning like when I love my reputation more than I do my friend or my spouse, there I've misprioritized on the hierarchy. Like imagine it's like a ladder, God at the top people, and then like, you know, all the other material things. When I invert that, when I like love people more than God, or when I love money more than people, that disordering is love. So the, the, the rightly ordered person is the perfectly content person, um, is the person who's living as God wants them to. That's God's will. Ordering is such a great way to put it. Yeah. Because it's like, let's say you sit there and you go, oh, I, you know, I, I love my career too much. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't like go to the dial and just turn it down from 11 to five mm -hmm. on your love for it. Right. You know, it's not like turning down the volume. The reordering idea is that instead of going, I need to love my spouse less. I need to love my kids less. Because mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm it's that, no, first I need to reorder what my love should be. Mm -hmm. And that'll straighten everything out. Right. So sometimes we think that, you know, our love is like a pie chart and, you know, a quarter of it goes to your spouse, a quarter of it goes to your kids, a quarter of it goes to your work, and you've got a quarter left for God. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. It's not a zero sum game. It's more like you're building a pyramid. And if you've got like the Very small pieces of you, I know. Of course you would say pyramid. <laughs> I think it's like you're building a wall, a great <laughs> wall. But <laughs> Oh man, this is so bad. I was actually going to make an interesting point, but I forgot it. Oh yeah, the pyramid. Yes. Uh, if you've got like the pyramid and you've got like the smaller stones at the bottom, the structure is going to collapse. So you need to have things rightly ordered in order for the structure to stand. It's a great illustration. So think of like your life, your love life, meaning not just your like, you don't have a love life, but I mean like your love life in the right. broad sense. Hypothetically that, speaking. Right. Uh, the way you love just everything in general, not just romantically, uh, that needs to be rightly ordered in order for us to, to live lives that are pleasing to God. So sin creeps into the picture when we put a small stone at the bottom and a big right. stone at the top, ah, just to keep the pyramid. Right, and it collapses. And then so it collapses. The, so the better the foundation, the more you can build on it. Exactly. So if you've you have found to, your life on God, you have a greater capacity, a greater foundation yeah. to love your spouse, love your kids, love your job, love your church, all that stuff. So it actually expands your capacity to love. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so how does love change us? You know, how do we... Uh, how does love shape who we are and who we become? Because that's well, a big theme in Augustine. Oh, yeah, it is. Absolutely. Augustine talks about how we become like the things that we love. So think about the thing that you love most deeply, whether it's uh, 
career or a celebrity or figure, whatever. Like we come to like model the things that we love most. We come to resemble the things that we love most. So the Christian's call is to love God. That means to look like God. But to do that practically, we have to love the things that God loves. And this is another interesting point that Augustine brings up. So to love God, we have to love the things that God loves in the way that God loves them. So, so when we talk about being like Jesus, hmm. that's what we mean. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's that sometimes we just need that to be stated because yeah, it's concrete. Like, Absolutely. Be, be like Jesus. I'm like, I don't like wear sandal. I don't even like what are you talking <laughs> about? Right. What does that mean? And, yeah. And so what you're saying is the way we look like Jesus is we mm-hmm. love what Jesus loves and who Jesus loves in yeah. the way that he loves them. Right. Okay. So just look, look at the life of Jesus. Like who and what did he love? Like he he didn't love his reputation more than he did people, right? Right. He was willing to be seen with the people that society looked down upon. So he never prioritized his reputation over people. He never prioritized his own comfort over people. He never prioritized um, what people thought of him versus upholding God's law. He went into the temple and flipped over the tables and said, you've turned my father's house into a den of thieves. Right. So there his, his zeal for God, his love for people, his compassion for the downtrodden, so shaped his life and his behavior that it was, I mean, Jesus lived the perfect human life. Everything was in order, rightly ordered towards God, loving God by loving people and loving people by loving God. Um, and on, on the Christian picture, you you have to have those. You can't love God without loving people and you can't truly love people without loving God. So just to that last point, to love people uh, the way God loves them is to love them as creatures made in the image of God. They bear a special mark that shows that they are made, they carry the fingerprints of the creator. So having that recognition is important to how we love human beings. We, we see all human beings as intrinsically equal and with dignity because all of these are people that God loves. So we love them as God loves them. And that is a mode or mechanism for loving God as well. So First John talks about how you can't love God if you don't love your brother. You, right. How can you be expected to love someone you don't see, God, if you can't love someone who you do see? You don't even the right. And you don't even understand love right. at all. Mm-hmm. Right. If you can't love your brother, then then I don't know how you're conceptualizing God's love for you or your love for God. Right. Exactly. Because one is tied to the other. Mm-hmm. I think it's it, it, and it's so amazing how much ethical instruction is tied. It's not like. If you want to know the love of God, like zone out and go into Zen space <laughs> and just like, you know, I don't know, like play worship music 24 seven or something. Yeah. Like that. And that, 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 that's bad. But you get what I'm saying? Not 24 seven. Not 24 seven. But it's like, <laughs> but it's like, no, try to love someone. Mm-hmm. And one, you'll realize the depth of God's love for you because it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And you're going to realize that for God to love perfectly is an incredible thing. Oh yeah. And to love you despite your sin to love you faithfully without changing, mm-hmm. to serve you though he receives nothing back from you. I yeah. mean, you really don't have an experience of that to you if you don't first see that to other people. So sometimes, you know, it's like the love of God motivates you to love others, but sometimes loving others is what opens you up to understanding the love of God. Mm, that's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. how many people, how many dads are like, it wasn't until I had kids that I understood the father's love for mm-hmm. me. 
you know, it wasn't until because you're in that position where you're giving that exactly you see more of what God has given you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or somebody's caring for somebody with a with a, a severe illness or a disability and they go, wow, I understand what it means for God to be my helper, mm-hmm. you know, and because we're not just brains downloading information. We have to experience it in oh, some yeah. ways. Yeah. And so that's the hardest thing, though, you know, to actually go to a church and go, I'm going to love these people, but they're different from me. But I might disagree with them, mm-hmm. you know, but sometimes they annoy me, but they, sometimes they say that sometimes they sin against me, you know, and it's like, yes, yeah, yes. But you can't go anywhere in the Gospels without seeing the same thing happening to Jesus. And it, we, we're, we're, we're not very good at love. Speak for yourself. Right. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm, yeah. But a it's lot of hard. times it is hard when we say, oh, I love that person. Really, it's just like, well, there's little conflict and they make me feel good. Mm-hmm. But to really, you know, go into something, go into a marriage going love means I may not get something back in return, but mm-hmm. I'm going to love them because I made a vow before God. Yeah. And I'm going to be faithful to them out of love for God. Mm-hmm. That's a totally different mindset oh, yeah. than most people. And if you don't have that mindset, then as soon as that relationship stops serving you, you go looking for the next thing. You well, become restless again. Literally, Paul says, have the mindset of Christ Jesus right. by putting and treating others better than yourself. Like that's a command to do that. And it's, it's oh yeah, it's, it's not easy. But I mean, Jesus tells his disciples, if you love me, then obey my commandments. Right. And in the Old Testament, God is constantly like rebuking people. I care more about obedience than sacrifice. Like imagine a married couple where the wife just really wants the husband to be more involved with raising the kids, right? She wants him to be around and not spend super late hours at work. And he thinks he can sidestep that by, you know, complimenting her, taking her out, like all these other kinds of things. The love. It's not what I asked you to do. I mean, it literally (laughs) is like to love someone sometimes means you're not even like directing your attention towards them. Like in doing this thing with my kids, Assuming I'm doing it for the right reasons, I'm loving my wife. So I'm indirectly loving her, even if my attention is not like focused on her. So I think this is the lesson to be drawn from the, I prefer obedience to sacrifice. When you sacrifice, your attention can be on God directly. But sometimes God cares more that we do the things that he asks of us. That's truly loving God. If you do exactly what I told you, not trying to sidestep it and you know, quote unquote, like artificially put your attention on right. me, but that's, that's not like, that's not a big issue. That's not what, what I care about. And when you do that, that's where the freedom comes, right? Mm. That goes back to the restlessness because when you realize all these material things, all these temporary things, they can't fill me. Yeah. You stop expecting that of them. Right. And then you can be more generous with your love. Cause you're like, well, I'm not looking for something in return. I'm simply doing this mm. out of love for you and out of love for God. And yeah. that, that's kind of the open hand you have to life. I mean, if you think that your job is going to, f- is going to fulfill you, well, then you're going to be resentful when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you're going to hate it, right? If your spouse is you're going to resent that person. But if you realize it's not going to, then you can take some tough times. You can take some frustrating moments because you realize, you know what? But I don't expect this to be perfect. Right. And I don't need you to be perfect for me to feel stable and secure. Mm-hmm. And Augustine way 1500 years ago yeah. is saying, yeah, yeah, that that's the, the human condition of, of restlessness where we just never can just rest and settle down 
because we're always looking to all these different things and we're hopping from one thing to another. We're going at five things at once Yeah, mm -hmm. and it just doesn't work. Yeah. And drives us crazy. Mm. And he also points out that a lot of times, even we are kind of like pathetic lovers, meaning like our desires and our loves are either aimed at like really silly things or we prioritize in like a really silly way so that our lives are totally out of whack and we just don't see it until it's too late. And part of what the gospel does is it frees us from that and it expands our capacity to love. So C.S. Lewis talks about how all of us are like children making mud pies on the side of the road when our parents are offering us a holiday or a vacation at the beach house on the sea. We don't want that. What we want is what we have right here in front of us. And this seems like it's amazing. It seems like it's the whole world, but that's because our scope is so myopic and narrow and like it doesn't, can't see beyond what's two or three feet in front of us. But resting in God, having the gospel transform us, literally expands our love and our ability. It, it gives us bigger desires and better desires and better loves and fills us and gives us better affections and, and makes us more human. Augustine talks about how sin actually makes us like grow into nothingness because we're eroding our humanity. We become so disordered that we're like an unhealthy person, just so riddled with disease and things out of whack that we keep shrinking and shrinking until we're nothing. So the gospel and God's love do the opposite. They inflate us. They, they make us more human. They make us look more like Christ. They give us more love. They give us more ability to desire and feel affection and give affection, all these kinds of things. So it is really just like, it's like taking a sick person and making them healthy. It's like taking a disordered machine and properly aligning it so that it works super well. We're, it's a, and it's a richer, better life. Yeah. And by the way, you know, when we talk about, oh, we, I love these things too much or whatever, it doesn't mean go be a monk. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because, okay, think about, make it practical. Who does God love? Well, God loves you. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can't hate you. Right. Right. You should love you. Yeah. There's a healthy self-love. Mm -hmm. Right. And that informs how you love other people. Right. right. You don't want to, if you are self-loathing, mm. you're going to treat other people the way you treat yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. And so mm -hmm. there is a healthy kind of self-love. So this, this is ultimately about our good. Like, why is God sure. telling us all this? Because he cares about us. Mm -hmm. So the best thing we can do to love him is to do as he says, because he loves us mm. and it's always for our good, yeah. you know? And, and this is a very different, you know, one, probably the best thing you can do to grow in this is think about someone, a Christian that you don't like, or that you have a difficult time with and think about how you can love them. Because, you know, it's in a sense, it's like loving your enemies. Well, that's, that's God's, that's God's love. So practicing that, I mean, there are relationships in your own life that, you know, man, I'm not loving that person. So how can I grow in the discipline of loving them? And as mm -hmm. you do that, what you're going to find is it's hard, but that God will help you to do it. And as he helps you to do it, he's going to expand your capacity to love. Yeah. And that will lead to greater joy. But that's really hard. Oh, yeah. That's really, really hard. It but that's Christianity. It's not easy. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. But thankfully, we've got grace. And right. Yeah. We're and not in this alone. We're not mm -hmm. in this alone and, and none of us can do this apart from the grace of God. That's mm -hmm. the thing that what one of Augustine's great, you know, lines is, this is a paraphrase, but, but, uh, Lord, 
command what you will and will what you command. Mm -hmm. Lord, tell me what to do. And then help me do it. And then help me do it. I mean, that's ultimate dependence. Like I need to obey you, Mm -hmm. but I can't obey you unless you help me. You've got to do this through me. Mm -hmm. And that is a great picture of grace. Mm. Um, And to quote St. Og Osteen, this is a, a tweet. Declare your healing, declare your freedom. But I see I must speak a little more carefully of the nature of death. (laughs) (laughs) Just a qualification. That's not Augustine. That's Brian's weird Augustine Joel Osteen hybrid demon child. Exactly. Well, this is an actual uh, Twitter page. Twitter Twitter page. Are we going to get sued? Oh, wait, I got one more. The most high God is breathing in our direction. For so it is written that he shall slay him with the breath of his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. This is the nerdiest thing ever. But... It could be worse. Just as a recap, right? All of our problems, our restlessness stems from the fact that we're looking at temporary things to fulfill mm. an eternal thing, which we can only find in God. Yep. And once we reorder everything, not, not cut off our nerve endings and don't feel anything, but to go, okay, these things that I'm trying to find fulfillment in won't do it. I need to turn towards God by mm-hmm. loving other people, by treating people the way that he treats them, mm-hmm. and by essentially obeying him. Mm. And as I do that, I'm going to see everything the way it's supposed to be. And I'll yeah. be able to enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. I'll enjoy my job for what it is. You, my family, my friends, my church, because I'm not expecting them to be exactly everything for me. Yep. And that frees me up not only to uh, be okay when it disappoints me, but also that I can be generous and continue to give just like the Father continually gives to us. Mm-hmm. So great wisdom from St. Augustine. Oh, yeah. What's a good book to start with if someone's interested in looking at Augustine? Confessions. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's These birthed so much of... Uh, by Usher. Oh, my Go goodness. ahead. <laughs> Do you think our audience would know, even know that? I don't know. Probably not. Probably shouldn't. Yeah, that's don't listen to that. But okay. you can read Confessions by Augustine, which is... I mean, it's the first ever, like, autobiography. So it's, like, historically important. It's just, like, it's beautiful. It's theologically compelling. It, like, induces you to worship. It burst a lot of like classical literature and inspired Milton and all these other people. And Inducing birthings a lot. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. You it's read late. confessions and you're like, man, this guy from a different language, a different culture, different time has been like reading my diary. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he knows exactly what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And it just shows to show that, you know, we're all kind of the, the same. same. Yeah. Jinx. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> confessions, go check that out. Again, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on uh, Instagram at Four Oaks College, and you can DM us any questions, any things that you want to know more about. We could probably uh, answer them in future episodes. But again, subscribe, spread the word. We'd love to get more people listening to this podcast. And thank you for listening.